0: Last May 2015, my niece, Penny, you gotta wave, Penny. My niece, Penny, and I um, went on a pilgrimage from Lisbon, Portugal, to Santiago, Spain. We spent 30 days. We went, uh, we walked for 150 miles over 10 days. We biked 150 miles over five days. And the rest we spent as tourists. Um, I'm not a historian nor a theologian. I'm just a pilgrim. I observed people, uh, history, culture, and I'm here to tell my story. And this is just a sample of what we experienced. We started at the Castle of St. George in... Lisbon which was settled by the Romans in 138. It was taken over by the Moors in 714, but I think there was a little overlap there. Uh, in 1147 it was reconquered by the Christians and became the first um, home of the first, Portugal's first king and thereafter. A main attraction in Lisbon is the Monument to the Discoveries. It was built in 1960 on the 500th anniversary of the death of Henry the Navigator. And it was Henry the Navigator who um, bankrolled the expeditions to the New World. It was from this spot in 1497 that Vasco da Gama sailed from this spot in 1520 that Ferdinand Magellan sailed. And the Republic of South Africa donated this mosaic um, for the trade that those discoverers opened up. Um, Many people think of Portugal as uh, the premier place for tile and this is the view of the plaza from above the monument. We were interested, or became aware of the uh, Camino by the movie, The Way. It was in 2010. It starred Martin Sheen. It was called The Way. Um, He is an ophthalmologist, Who son chose to go on the Camino and asked his father to go with him. His father was too busy to take that much time off, so the son went without him, and then he got the phone call that his son died along the route. So he went to get his son's ashes and finish his son's um, route. Um, El Camino de Santiago means the way of St. James. Santiago is St. James in Spanish. There's also a documentary on the Camino called Walking the Camino. It was shown at Landmark a year or so ago. And I have a copy of it that's not Blu-ray, if anybody would like to watch it. There's also a book of the Camino that uh, Paulo Coelho took, um, all three, the film, the documentary, and the book took the French route, which is in gold on this map. Seventy percent of the thousands that do the Camino every year do the French route. When we talked to people in um, Santiago when we got there that had gone the French route, They told us that at any time, they were within sight of 30 to 50 other pilgrims. Only 13% take the Portugal route, which is in purple, um, which Penny and I took, along with her friend Jenny as well. Um, And we went all day without seeing another pilgrim. St. James, I'm referring to as St. James the Greater, not St. James the Lesser. He was an apostle. He was the patron saint of Spain. He traveled to what was thought at that time to be the end of the world, not knowing that there was more beyond the ocean. He uh, went to spread the message of God's, of love of God, self, and stranger. For those reasons, he's known as St. James the Pilgrim. Any image that you see of St. James, you'll typically see him with his sword and being so wanting to convert the Moors. um, For those reasons, he's known also as St. James, the Slayer of the Moors. He's thought to be the first to die as a martyr His tomb was rediscovered in 813 and moved to what was later named Santiago. And that is where a cathedral was built in his honor. Pilgrims have traveled the way of St. James ever since um, the ninth century and thousands and thousands of people do it every year. The main route follows the same road that the um, Romans took to get to Spain and France. Some of you Masterpiece Mystery fans, um, in the episode that aired last Sunday, um, Detective Inspector Hathaway came back with Uh, Detective Lewis, Inspector Lewis, and he had had a gap year, and Inspector Lewis was welcoming back and asked him what he'd been doing, and he had just finished a Camino. And that also, um, when I looked up to verify that story, his character had previously also been in the seminary. So maybe that'll come up more in the story. Um, the symbol for the Camino is the, cl- the scallop shell, and it's kind of a metaphor because of all the lines in the shell, but they all end at the same point, Santiago. You have a passport to take along your way. You could stop in churches, cafes, um, hostels, uh, bed and breakfasts to get a stamp so that when you get to the cathedral at the end, you can verify that you made the pilgrimage. Um, We had, there are lots of different guidebooks, but we had a guidebook that took us from point to point every day. Um, The guidebook has what elevation we could expect for the day what surface we could expect, how much was um, unpaved gravel, uh, how much was roadside, and very little of what we traveled was along a road. Most of it was trails. The book also offered uh, descriptions of the physical path that we would have, and for those interested, there's narrative about the mystical path and personal reflection. So we're on our way, literally. That's Penny and that's Jenny. Um, Have it your way, going on the way. Many people um, carry all of their belongings. Some of them camp. Some people stay in churches, firehouses. Um, We kind of went the Cadillac route. We, Penny worked with a service to choose our hotels, and they used taxis to move our, our suitcases from one place to the next. We just had to get to the next place. The route that we traveled was filled with uh, flowers roadside, and there were vineyards everywhere. We crossed a railroad crossing with the trusty assistance of a hand crank uh, crossing guard, complete with her assistant over here. (laughs) You would think with thousands of people making this passage that there would be benches along the way, maybe a nice big rock to sit on. There was never a place to sit. Um, The woman on the right is Josanna. She was from Australia, and she was making the pilgrimage on her own, and we spent a couple days together. This is typical of a village that we would walk through. Um, For the most part, they looked pretty deserted. You rarely saw any younger people, although we were walking during the day, so maybe they were working. Um, but the, the Portugal route goes predominantly through hamlets, villages, very few cities. Flowers are of interest to me and I've enjoyed in the past a hanging basket of lantana, but lantana grows in eight foot hedges over there. This was a village that we went, that we went through It was midday, and the movers and shakers were gathering. Um, Most people travel by bicycle. Uh, Very few even have cars, and again, they're mostly older people. Early, the first two or three days of our walk, uh, we really had to struggle to find the directions, and the directions at this point told us that uh, our bearing was relative to a cork tree. It would help if you knew what a cork tree looked like. <laughs> but we, we finally decided that that was the cork tree and that's the way to, we were on the right path. But we finally happened upon an official marker. This is the official tile with the clamshell. But the overwhelming majority of what we were looking for was a spray-painted yellow arrow on something. This first day, it was unseasonably warm. It was in the high eighties. We'd been walking for probably seven or eight hours. It was it was very warm. Penny. Um, Her shoes and socks were getting wet, and she was getting blisters on her blisters. So she sought um, somebody that might have a car that could take us the last few miles to where we needed to get. And she found this woman and her dog. And I learned that you don't need words to communicate. Hardly anybody outside the big cities speak English at all. But Penny was able to communicate to her that she really needed help and did anybody have a car. So she went to the home of the only person that she knew might be home and had a car, but they weren't. So on we went. And arrived at our first um, bed and breakfast, which happened to be an equestrian center. Like I said, it was a little on the Cadillac side, some of our spots. To my, for my luck, um, Josanna happened to be a massage therapist. So, th- <laughs> so that was a treat at the end of the day. We headed off for dinner after we showered, and once again we passed the gathering of men having arrived on their bicycles, and for our, our first dinner along our, our pilgrimage. Dinner always started with a bowl of olives, cream cheese, and a glass of sangria with crusty bread, which you'll be enjoying after a while. Um, you'll see the bottle of water. It's illegal in Portugal to serve tap water. I, I hate to buy water, so I ask everywhere we went, could I just have a glass of water from t- the tap? And they, are, it, they can't. The next day was supposed to be in the 90s, again, unseasonably warm, given our luck. Josanna and I decided to get an early start at the crack of dawn. Penny and Jenny took their time a little. We passed, um, it was mostly women that we would see in the towns. Um, Not this woman, but another woman. Um, Josanna stopped to to try to talk to her about her roses. And the woman raised her shirt, and it was obvious that she'd had breast cancer. And once again, without words, she indicated that it had metastasized to her brain. And she asked us to wait a minute, and she asked whether we were by any chance going to Fatima. And she went in the house to get a medal and brought back a medal to give us to take to Fatima on her behalf. This is an example of that's what we're looking for, that little yellow arrow there. So if we'd gone that way or that way, it would have been the wrong way. After about four hours, Joe and I were relatively terribly lost. We were in in an area where there'd been a forest fire. So there weren't many places to put those arrows on. But as they say, it's a Camino thing. On comes um, four cousins. One was from the Canary Islands, Spain, Portugal, and France. And they got together to do the Camino. Um, That was our first Camino thing. My first Camino thing today was having great technical challenges. Even with Penny, my audiovisual assistant, we were at a loss. Nancy did the best she could. But in comes this young man, his first day at our church, when I asked, he, he came over, offered, started clicking, and I asked him who he was, and he said, Jesus. Who am I to question that? But please meet Avery, a new visitor to our church. And Avery got the show on the road, but the cousins had a better uh, map or uh, narration than Joe and I did and got us on our way. Like I said, there weren't trees, so This is an arrow made out of rocks, spray-painted yellow. I don't know with vandalism how that survived, but it did. Along the way, there are little shrines. Um, You can rest and say a prayer. Some pilgrims carry stones with them and leave a stone behind, in a sense, to leave their burdens behind. Condition 90 it was, and we were very happy to happen upon a little bigger village and this spring water um, watering hole, you might say. So all of us drenched ourselves with cold water and headed to the local cafe to find some lunch. So here we are sitting in this cafe having lunch. And this guy walks in the door. He walks in the door, looks around the room, points at me, and says, Chicago? <laughs> and I said, "See?" Si? <laughs> and he said, he said, dos chicas, Penny, Jenny? <laughs> he had passed Penny and Jenny a couple hours earlier, and we were happy to know that they got on our way. And this is Francisco, and he's from Spain, and he didn't speak a word of English either but like I said, we communicated. We finally arrived at our destination which was Tomar, which was a, a lovely 200 year hotel. So, let me find the guide. So here's our, here's our map that we followed. And Joe and I get there. We are absolutely pooped. Penny and Jenny are already there. They've already showered. They're getting ready to go to dinner. And along the way, they got totally lost. So they stopped a guy and and said, we're lost, can you help us? And he said, where do you want to be? And they showed him the book and said, where are we? And he said... Tamar is the home of the Templars. <clears throat> um, for those of you that may have seen the Da Vinci Code, there were many references to the Templars. <clears throat> the Templars grew from the Crusaders, the Crusades were from 1095 to 1272. <clears throat> they were called crusaders because the Pope gave them crosses to send them on their way <clears throat> to be pilgrims to reconquer Jerusalem from the Moors, which they did in 1099. Their battle cry was God wills it. Their reward was full penance for their sins. Along the way, they acquired Farms, castles, manufacturing. They were the first multinational corporation. And it was, um, they became the leading money lenders of Europe. So much so that King Philip IV of France was heavily indebted to the, temp- to the Templars. And on Friday the 13th, Maybe that's why it so it's, has the connotation that it does. He had hundreds of Templars arrested, forced confessions, and they were executed. Those that weren't arrested fled to Tomar, Portugal. Um, they were rebranded as knights under the order of Christ. And <clears throat> the, the Red Cross on the white background purified the efforts that they went through during the crusades, supposedly. Um, But it was the treasures that the Templars accumulated that funded the expeditions to the New World. Henry the Navigator was a master Templar. The symbol of the Templars um, are, are throughout, throughout the town. The um, 11th century cathedral, or not cathedral, it's just a church, uh, in the middle of town, notice the tile altar, has the, um, all these yeah, master Templars, are buried there and the, and the years that they were the master. I'm sure you've been to town squares full of pigeons, but I couldn't resist taking, have you ever seen a pigeon that has its own water fountain? About 30 miles from Temp- Tomar is Fatima. So we took a bus uh, to, for a side trip to Fatima. Um, the cathedral is the Our Lady of the Holy Rosary of Fatima. Um, on the 13th of the month, from May to October in 1917, it is said that the Blessed Mother appeared to three children watching their sheep and gave, told them to pray the rosary every day for the end of war. So World War I was still going on. She also gave them three, sec- three secrets. One was a vision of hell that she showed them in July. One was predicting World War II when World War I wasn't even over. And the third has never been revealed. The, the, two, two of the children died shortly after from the flu. And the third uh, died probably less than 10 years ago. And she um, gave all the information to the Pope and he's not revealed what that third secret is. And some people think it was the attempted assassination of Pope John Paul II. Other people think it might be the the abuse scandal, but who knows. The Basilica at Fatima, it's just huge. Um, It's also under renovation. We couldn't go in it because they're getting ready for the centennial in 2017. They're off, I mean, individuals go to Fatima, but there are also a lot of groups. Um, Many of them have, have matching shirts and have banners Some of them uh, crawl on their knees, some of them on their hands and knees as penance. Most of them are singing Ave Maria as they process in. Some of the groups are huge. Um, We were there um, maybe the 10th of May, so the 13th was coming up. That may be why there were more people there then a common expression if someone knows you're going to Fatima is light a candle for me for my intentions Um, a tradition is to light a candle equal to your height so that um, your intention is for good health for your entire being but other people want a candle or there's available candles for specific concerns whether it be a leg an arm a liver a brain an ear an eye there were candles in all shapes and forms when you think of lighting a candle you might picture a beautiful grotto with twinkling candles but with thousands of people going every day that's probably a little unrealistic. So this is where you light a candle. It's like a barbecue pit. (laughs) You can see that somebody had lit one of those tall ones and you can see that there are holders to put candles, but if you tried to put a candle in that holder, you'd end up in the burn unit. There's a mass offered about every two hours in many different languages. The audio of the mass is heard throughout the grounds. Um, there's people speaking softly. You can, you can almost hear a pin drop on the grounds. It's very respectful. And there's the influence of uh, Portuguese, the Portuguese influence in their crucifix as well. Oops. When we got back at our hotel and had dinner, went to bed, Penny and Jenny were sleeping and all of a sudden I hear singing. And we were on the second floor and had a little balcony and I went out to see what was going on. It was Mother's Day. And I didn't know if it was for Mother's Day or if it was for the Blessed Mother, or the 13th coming up. But there was this procession of half the town. Cut it short because time's getting shorter. So back we were on our way. We happened upon a pair of proud Italians. They were really in a hurry. One of them had this cute little cart, and they were carrying everything. I don't know if they were camping or staying in firehouses, but they were adorable. The next place we stopped had a Phillips head key. To our room it was cut on four sides, knowing that that was probably a precious key, the room was above a restaurant, and the restaurant was closed when we were getting ready to leave and to give that to somebody for safekeeping, we went around back looking for the proprietor and found his parents plucking dinner We passed uh, Fields with zimatic irrigators and pioneer seed signs, just like home. These were some of the tenants of the hamlets that we walked through. In Conimbriga, there was a, a city founded by the Romans in 200 BC with intricate tile floors already. We passed a wind farm off in the distance. Since we had already been to Fatima, we now saw blue arrows to go to Fatima and yellow arrows to to continue going to Santiago. Passed through a hamlet with a goat herder and her family of goats. We shared the path with a farmer in a hurry, but we heard him coming because the trail isn't that wide. Getting closer to where we were supposed to stay that night, we heard bells. And this is a fish truck, just like you'd have an ice cream truck. Uh, she rings the bell, and, and she had a designated <clears throat> route so that you would come out and buy your fish for dinner that night. And he was one of her customers as well. We pass lots of groves of olive trees with millions of olives on them, which have to be heavily pruned to keep producing. Can't imagine how old that one is. A sign of progress. Wanted to put a highway there, but there happened to be a Roman aqueduct, so we'll just bulldoze it. This was one of the many people that said, "bone Camino, as we walked by her apartment. This was a couple days later, and it's like leapfrogging through the Camino. We happened upon our Italian friends again, and the woman in white is from Hungary. She was walking the Camino, her husband drove from place to place, and they met for dinner. (laughs) By this time, Penny's blisters had burst, so Jenny was trimming Penny's blisters, and each morning, Penny would wrap um, Jenny's ankles. You know these kids. (laughs) Sometimes our path was a bit impassable, so it kind of made us think when we start biking, maybe this route isn't the best to take. We went through an eucalyptus farm, I took this photo for Jack Ryan. This was in a town that had this monument to the overthrowing of the dictatorship in 1974. If you had any ground at all, you had a vegetable garden. This is a pretty extensive one of three generations and a tractor, Uh, most of them were Uh, Shovel gardens, not tractor gardens. Uh, We got to the port city of Porto, which is beautiful and colorful. And they had many artisans that had products made from cork. So we finally got to see cork in its natural form. You can harvest one inch every nine years. And Portugal is the number one producer of cork. This is a former library that's now a bookstore, which was the inspiration for J.K. Rowling's, uh, Henry Potter's School of Magic. Once again, a group of men at play. I would have taken a picture of a group of women sitting around doing nothing. I didn't see any but this is the third picture of a group of men sitting around doing nothing. We passed a restaurant worker protest for higher wages, and now is the time for us to pick up our bikes and head the coastal route to, Port- to Santiago. We observe family fun at the beach, It was one beautiful scene after another, and this was the kind of path that we took for hours. There was just a a paved path along the coast. Sometimes it went a little inlet. This kind of reminded me of Ireland with very small farms surrounded by a stack of rocks. Those small farms were cared for by small farmers and they would set up their umbrella and a chair along the roadside. Again, not a word of English, but we're pretty sure this woman told us that not one, but both of her children emigrated to America and broke her heart. This was a Sunday, and every every little town that we went through had flea markets, and this one had dog races. These were the only pilgrim bikers that we happened upon. Um, These gentlemen are from Germany, and it was his, the father's 60th birthday, and it was a gift from his son to do the um, pilgrimage together. I was getting a flat tire, and while we were fully equipped with a pump and inner tubes and everything we needed, the the pump that we had didn't match our inner tube thing. They happened to have the adapter. Once again, they call it that Camino thing. But it didn't last long because then it totally blew. And thankfully, Gorlis from France, who wasn't on the Camino, he was just out on a bike journey for a month, uh, and it was the back tire, which is more complicated, and thankfully he came along. But not for long, because then my front tire blew. (laughs) And this, we went to a gas station, and the attendants at the station couldn't be bothered, but this gentleman was getting gas on his way home from the beach with his family and offered to change it. And we finally got to where we were going that day. It was a very, very long day. Like I said, even though we were inland a bit, we were almost always within sight of the ocean, and occasionally there's the, a shrine for offering prayers. We were told when we got to this point, uh, I can't remember the name of it, um, that we would need to get a ferry. If, if we didn't get the ferry, we'd have to go nine miles one way and six miles back to get around to continue on our way. So we stopped at this beautiful spot to take photos, and as we were talking, we turned around and there was Alex and Irana. They're from Moscow. And they're the only other pilgrims that we saw walking as we were biking. And Alex said, ferry? And we said, yes. And he said, no, <laughs> it doesn't start till next week. And they're walking, so they wanted to get it even more than we. And he said that he was told that if we walk around the bay, we'll find a boarded-up restaurant, and behind the boarded-up restaurant, there's a trailer, and sitting out the tra- outside the trailer is Mario. And Mario has a boat, and he'll take you across the way. We found Mario. He was sitting there for five euros a piece. Alex loaded two bikes, four people, and off we were to Spain. And Unlike Sarah Palin, we could see Spain. (laughs) We just needed to get there. Um, Our route in Spain was beautiful. Those platforms out in the water, we were told was for raising oysters. This is a typical road that we traveled when we were biking. We didn't want to be on main roads. We still wanted to see a little bit of the um, small town life. Um, Passing through a town, they're a little advanced in recycling opportunities, even for CDs, phones, batteries. Stopped for lunch along the roadway and still the um, presence of tile as it was in Portugal. This is just a sample of what the uh, countryside looked like as we were um, going through Spain and the hills of Spain. To finally arrive in Santiago, it was about 5 o'clock when we arrived. And once again, the cathedral's under construction, but this time uh, we could go in. The next day, the first thing we did was get in line to get our certificate for having completed the Camino. And when we got our certificate, they asked um, why did you make your Camino? And you had three choices. Religious, spiritual, or sport and culture. And if you showed your passport and documented that you had completed, then you got your certificate. Penny and I spent the next day in the plaza just watching people arrive from every corner of the world. It's kind of hard to see, but this is the center of the plaza, and there are different Um, surfaces, sidewalks, from different corners of the plaza. And different routes, the French route, the Portuguese route, the Spain route, they all enter from different corners. But when you get there, most people just collapse. And after they collapse, they celebrate. There were even um, three generation pilgrims. Some pilgrims had had their best friend with them, and some of them had to pack their own food. We ran into Alex and Irana again, again, more of this leapfrogging. Ran into Francisco again. We had crossed paths with him three weeks earlier. One evening, we turned the corner, and there was the Santiago Symphony performing right outside the cathedral. Now bring your attention to this spot right here that I'll talk more about in a minute. There's a pilgrim mass twice a day a high mass. There are little masses going on, on inside chapels throughout the cathedral but a high mass for pilgrims at noon and at seven. And at the beginning of the mass, when the priest is welcoming everyone, he has a roster of all the pilgrims that got their certificates the day before. And he reads off all the countries that are represented. If any of you saw the movie, The Way, or the documentary, Walking the Camino, the, um, the ultimate finale is, at the cathedral, the burning of the incense. <clears throat> Initially, in centu- uh, hundreds of years ago, um, it was to fumigate the pilgrims, although that might be a little bit reason why they still do it. But now they only do that on Friday at, Fridays at 7 o'clock, the Friday 7 o'clock mass, but you know the Catholics. If you have money, <laughs> there was a group from Malta that we were told paid $600 to do it at noon the day we were going to be there. So we were lucky enough to uh, experience it. There are five people with these really strong ropes that have to um, manage this incense burner. It's probably about three and a half feet tall. But it is a thrilling experience side altars or the side uh, seating that it swings over little frightening to see that thing flying overhead. I, I brought this attention to your attention earlier that's on the doors of the cathedral where the symphony was playing. This is called the Monogram of Christ, the Chrismon. In Greek the X and the P are the initials, the letters, the first two letters of Christ. Um, in Revelations, verse twenty-two, thirteen, it is written that I am the beginning and the end, the first and the last, referring to uh, Christ. And Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet, and Omega is the last letter of the alphabet. But here, the last is first, so that you have come to the end of your camino and heading out for the beginning of the rest of your life. I thank you very much for coming along my way, and I hope you may choose to do a similar experience sometime.